Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. Nick Budig and Robert Stangler are here with me. We're in the third week of the regular season, and you know what that means. Time for overrated or underrated, the annual game where we rate the uh, surprise starts to the season from a few players around the league. I think we're going to try to get to nine, three for each of us today. Um, We've got some bad starts. We've got some good starts. We've got some interesting starts, maybe like mediocre, but still kind of um, stuff we got to talk about. Um, So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, And I know we wanted to kick things off. Robert, the Twins have swept the White Sox over the weekend. I just uh, had to get your take on that one. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is what it is. (laughs) Basically, we just didn't execute. I mean, we put our guys out there. We had Aaron Bummer. A lot of people really liked him. I wasn't really high on him in the beginning. He did not execute. He's very bad against the Twins throughout his career. They got Giolito back. He did fine. He came Buxton three times, and it, it didn't even matter. Like, he Buxton found a way to beat us. We got beat by our best. We used our best. Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks had no command control of any of their pitches. Uh, Graveman had an 0-2 count twice in, uh, in this series alone. He had it to Jeffers, gave up a slider right down the middle. He had an 0-2 to Sano. Excuse me, not Sano. It was, uh, oh, who was it? And then he walked him. Oh, Godoy. Like, you yeah, just, yeah, you just knew. Yeah, I think that's he how you say twice. his name. Yeah. Like, yeah. you cannot have two strikes and then just think, oh, I got to throw the perfect pick to strike guys out. And that's the mentality I think the White Sox have right now. And I think the only reason that Hendricks accidentally, I'm going to say accidentally, but really it's more so on him, that he mm-hmm. faced Buxton and challenged him is because that is Hendricks' makeup. He does not let guys go by him. He wants to beat you. And he got absolutely wrecked. I mean, yeah, I, I I think it's a it's a lot of it's pressing, kind of like kind of how you're saying they're trying to strike guys out. Tim Anderson, those errors. I mean, what they have 18 infield errors this year. I'm not, but we know that infield on defense is just. Terrible. I know, but 18 errors to start the. I mean, is atrocious. It is. But uh, like you said, I the thing with the. I mean, everyone's talking about the Hendricks and Buxton thing, and to me, honestly, it's like like you said, Hendricks. His makeup is I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna. I have a, a a great fastball when I'm on. That's my out pitch. I'm gonna use it. He wrong didn't spot. Use it well. Wrong spot. I wrong, mean, I mean, he you, he didn't have good control and it just no. ended up. And that's why I mean, it, it, it amazes me why they went inside. Like, yes, I know Buxton hit a home yeah. run away, you know, earlier in the game on a fastball away. Mm. But the thing is, you still go there because that's not where his real power is. Does he have power to the opposite way? Yes, but he's got way yeah. better power to the pool mm. side. And you're going to get beat there more likely than get beat away. And the other thing yeah. is, Buxton's going to win the game regardless because there's a runner on third. All he has to do is put the ball in play and run, and it forces, like you said, the shaky infield to throw home. Who knows what well, happens then? Twin still are going to be third. fair. It was, was on third. It was first and second, and then there's a wild pitch during Buxton's. Yeah, effort. I mean, right, and that's it kind of threw everything about. out the window. But, but yeah. that's but that happened. That was like what first or second pitch to Buxton. It was one of the two. It was earlier yeah, before I mean, it was early, the three it was early one in of the counts. Yeah, it was before yeah. the three what, one. I think there is a lot to to be said for the White Sox pressing because you know it's like this. I think they said it was the uh, longest losing streak in like since 2018. <clears throat> It's like halfway to like their franchise record losing streak of like 16 games or or 15 games and they're at eight now, and they got Eloy Jimenez over the weekend and was out for a little bit and it's just kind of like 
one thing Robert is tumbling Child, yeah. over another, and they're really trying to put it back in back into place, and that leads to pressing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Anderson has a suspension coming up. It's just a, a mess right now for the White Sox. Yeah. But I mean, it was a fun series to watch. I mean, Buxton is a star. Four hits on Saturday, and then the mm-hmm. two home runs on Sunday, including the walk off, the longest walk off home run recorded by Statcast. That was an absolute missile. So, I mean, at least we get to see that. But let's get into the main the main topic of the day, and that's our uh, surprise starts to the season. Um, just a reminder, we're here every week during the season. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, where you get your podcast. We're on social media at Stitches Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and our email is thesitchespodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I think we can just go one at a time here. We'll take each player, and then uh, you tell us if you think it's going to be legit or not, and we'll... We'll chat about it. I'll go first since I'm the one that uh, was uh, since I'm the host and I never go first. So and I'm kind of lame about it. Pablo Lopez, starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins. He's off to a really good start through three starts, uh, 17 in the third inning, 17 strikeouts, 0.52 ERA, 0.75 WHIP. Just to look at some of his basic stats there. Um, but honestly, this is a guy that has put together a few good seasons last year he had a low three era the strikeout rate was really good and uh we all know what the marlins have done with that rotation in terms of uh putting pitchers uh making pitchers become the best they can be with their stuff um i mean i think that that rotation is poised to be one of the best in baseball if not uh it's already definitely a top half rotation in the game but Pablo Lopez, let's go to him. He is, uh, I, I'm kind of iffy on him. I'm not saying it's a legit start. I'm not saying it's not a legit start. But I, I think there are some some worrying trends. Some some of the hitters are barreling him a little bit. Some of the uh, the exit velo numbers aren't great. But I do think, you know, his stuff and his track record is going to hold up. And I I could see him being similar to the, the pitcher he was last year. That's a low three ERA with a good strikeout rate. Um but I don't think this hot start is indicative of him, you know, winning any awards soon or, um, you know, becoming a top 10 pitcher uh, in, in baseball. I think he's still going to be kind of a fringe, like, top 20 guy in the National League. So uh, that's still really good. I just don't believe the start is as amazing as it, it could be this whole season. Robert, I know you're really high on him. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way with you. I think he wouldn't be a dark horse for the Cy Young this year. He looks absolutely outstanding. You can talk about hard hit, barrel, this, everything. But if you look at his stuff, nobody right now in the National League is throwing better than him inside to left-handed batters with a sinking fastball and then throwing that changeup away and absolutely bamboozling guys. This is some of the grossest stuff we're going to see in the game right now. We talk about walk rate all the time. This is a guy who hardly walks anybody. This is all the recipes of why I like guys like Joe Ryan, for example. Lopez has been doing this for a while, and I, I don't really see it really tapering off too much because he's just so consistent. He's got great command and control. He doesn't, like I said, walk guys, and that really has it going for him. I don't think he gives up that many home runs personally. I don't know what his statistics are of his home run per nine, but I would say he's not really a guy who's going to give up too many home runs over the course of a season. And the fact that he doesn't walk anybody really helps. No yeah. traffic on the bases. That's something I did He's a good mention. ground ball guy. Good I mean, control. I think this guy's destined for being a top 10 pitcher in all of baseball this season because he's got all the mixes to become a pitcher with the pitch ability he has. It's elite. He's going to have no hitters in his career soon. This guy's nasty. <laughs> hey, I like that. He's on my no fantasy hitters. team. So, I mean, if. I mean, wow. the thing is, the thing is, no hitters are unpredictable. Okay. But, like, the, when you have the stuff. 
When you have this stuff, you can talk about no-hitters. I don't think it's a big deal that no-hitters yeah. happen. But the thing is, you're just talking about the guy does not give up a lot of hits. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. And the reason he doesn't do mm-hmm. that is because he's in command of the zone and he doesn't give up uh, uh, good contact. Yeah, I think that's zone. the big you know, thing for he's him. He's got it down. He keeps the ball down. He never really throws it up because he knows his stuff doesn't play that well. And the fact that mm-hmm. he already knows that tells you he has elite pitch ability. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like him too. I think I was pretty high on him in our yes. in our uh, in our bracket for him. But uh, Me I mean, I agree. I, I think I don't. Obviously, I don't think he's gonna keep up what he's doing right now. I mean, he's looking like the best pitcher in baseball. I don't think yeah, he is. The, obviously, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, but I agree with what a lot of what you said, Robert. I think he what he does is amazing. The way he limits contact. The, I mean, not, limits hard contact. He's done that over the past couple of years, and he's been probably one of the better and better pitchers in baseball at that. Um, He's mastered that changeup down and into righties, which is, I mean, we always hear about never throw a, a same side changeup. Lefties should never throw them to lefties, righties never to righties, especially down and in. But he just makes it worse because it works because he hits his spots because he has such good control. Um, but I, I, I think I'm with Luke. I don't think he's going to keep up this hot start. Um, I agree. He's a, he's a fringe top 20 guy for me. All right, let's go to Robert's guy. Ooh. Well, let's start with uh, Connor Joe. Connor Joe for the mm. Colorado Rockies. I think he's an intriguing player this season. He's got one of the best OPSs in all of baseball. I haven't really watched him, to be fair, and I don't know his road-to-home splits, if he's just popping off at Coors or what. But I'll tell you what, this is a guy who I would grade a 50 average Major League Baseball player because he gets on base. He had good minor league solid numbers. He wasn't, like, overblowing with the, with the numbers, like, outstanding but he's a consistent producer. He gets on base. He's got a great-looking swing. He plays hard-nosed defense. I don't know if he's a great defender, but I think he plays You know, he plays where he plays well enough where he should get credit. And this is a guy that I want to say believe with a grain of salt. I do not think he's a top-10 player in all of baseball based off of what he's doing right now. But I think this is a guy who doesn't get enough credit in baseball anymore because he does the little things right, and his swing is so good, and he might not hit 30-plus home runs, but if he hits 18 and has a high batting average, very good on base, a very good OPS, this is a guy that you want on your team that you really are sleeping on. It's kind of like Chris Taylor for the for the Dodgers. You know, It's one of those guys who may not uh, have the most outstanding bat. We know he's versatile. He's a great defender, but he has a good stick and people don't give him enough credit of, of, for it and i think connor joe is going to be one of those players we're going to be talking about this year because of i that. think it's interesting he's actually been playing some dh for them so i'm gonna yeah, throw it throw played, it out there i don't think he's very good bit. defensively but okay i mean the stick is there and he was actually a big sleeper candidate for a lot of like deep fantasy like <clears> rosters he was for me for nationally because yeah. you know he did put up some good yeah. numbers in the minor leagues and he actually had a really good spring too and that's yeah, carried over. And I think he just hit another home run today as a leadoff. He's been like yeah, kind of their lead-off main leadoff guy, guy. Lead for a surprising yeah, Rockies a team. I mean, they're yeah. ten and five. Got some MVPs on they're that ten team. Ten and five, <laughs> and he's been a big reason why. I mean, CJ Crone looks like a beast too, and Charlie Blackman is like resurging a little bit. Which Richard's mm-hmm. had like four hundred. Yeah, or he's something. got like three or four homers. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Rockies maybe got a little magic. I think Connor Jones legit. Connor Joe is legit. Uh, I just the feeling isn't there. I think he's gonna be either uh, a first baseman or dh long term but the stick is, is mm-hmm. legit and he gets on base and he he has a little power 
Um, so I like mm-hmm. him a lot, and, and Chris, Chris Taylor is an interesting comp with the, at the at the plate. I just it's not really the comp, the defensive it's just stuff. The, it's the yeah. sleep on that you sleep on the yeah. bats. Yeah, sure. I I Chris that. Taylor gets slept on with the bat is what I, I basically am implying. Totally. Um, so yeah, Nick, what do you think about Connor Joe? Yeah, I mean, I liked him. I liked him last year. I thought he went on a little bit of a tear. Um, he's got some surprising opposite field power. I think he hit most of his home runs last year to the opposite field. Um, going off the the home and road things, I mean, he's just your typical Rocky home and away. I think he hit like 240 or whatever away and whatever. I mean, whatever. He's Like you said, I, I like him for what he is. Um, I think he is a surprising guy. I think he's going to do a lot with the bat. Um, you got to love that, what he's going to do at Rocky at, at Coors Field with, Always a big with the power away. So. Yeah, so I mean I like him too. I think he's a solid bat, um, but again the concerns is like Luke said, probably first baseman DH. I honestly think this is a guy the Rays might be asking for at the deadline. I don't think they're gonna trade him. He's completely he, honest. Well, he's twenty nine, but he's still got like he's controllable. 29. I don't think they'll trade him. I don't know the but the thing is the rate like he just fits the Rays profile just, perfectly. No tra- team trades someone that controllable the way he started. Twenty nine years old man. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's he's not the future of the Rockies. Maybe in a couple of years, but definitely not. Saying four seventeen. Oh, he's only seen. It's in three thirty four seventeen. They have Ryan Toglia, Toglia coming up and yeah. he's starting to play third base yeah, and first base. So I don't know, man. I don't see at least not for a few years. All right, Nick, who's your guy? Um, I'll go with the I'll go with a pitcher here. I'm gonna go with Nestor Cortez. Um, I don't think anybody really understands how he does so well. He doesn't have a great fastball, but he just spots it well. He's he's uh someone I think I think Noah said it in our chat. He's uh he's pretty much for Minnesota Twins fan the perfect what Rob, Rob, Randy Dobnik could have been as a uh, as a lights out kind of guy. Um, he had a lot of strikeouts. This, a couple of days ago, I mean that's not his thing, but he's been uh, he's been pretty interesting. I don't think he's gonna be elite. I don't think he's gonna do what he's uh, showing up to be, but I, I kind of like him. I think the the Yankees have something in Nestor Cortez as a five inning, six inning kind of guy. I think he can can do a can, can can really hold that hold that rotation for a lot of guys that seem to always get hurt for them. I think it's interesting because like he came into last year as like a reliever, and he's and everyone kind of saw yeah. him as like this middle inning reliever, and then all of a sudden he's in the rotation, he does well, and not only anyone even expected mm-hmm. that to stick, and now he's like a mainstay in that rotation, and his little weird windup and whatever, it's it's working yeah. for him. He's, he's got. To I know we all down. know he went viral with the Otani at bat last year when Otani called time when he was doing his long wait. <laughs> he just didn't know what was going but, on with I that. Mean, he's got some good stuff. I mean, he, he, he's mm-hmm. put up the numbers, and as you can see, he's been probably the best Yankees pitcher to start the year because um, Garrett Cole's been not good, and that's someone we we don't have on our list today, but someone <laughs> we could uh, with his weird start. Um, yeah. And Jordan Montgomery and him have been really good. So I think the, the Yankees rotation mm-hmm. is with him in it, and with those guys, Tyone is having a good start, and Cole will, will obviously, I think, turn things around. The Yankees rotation might be in a really good spot, and we haven't been able to say that uh, a lot in the past few years. Mm, a lot of injuries in that rotation. A lot of old guys. Yeah. Well, Tyone and Montgomery aren't that old. Well, I mean, but they had like clue. Oh, you're talking about that in past years? Yeah, totally. Like totally, in the past, totally. yeah. All right, let's uh, swing back around here. I'll go with my guy Kyle Tucker, who I loved as a prospect. The Astros. The Astros never gave him any love, and lo and behold, he was mm-hmm. their best hitter last year in terms of uh, offensive WAR, and uh, you know. He has gotten off to a very, very, very tough start. 
He's hitting just over uh, 100. He only had he only has two home runs, and they both came within like the first few days of the season. And he had a slump where he was like 0 for 18, and he started wearing batting gloves to try to break out of the slump. And he actually got a couple <laughs> hits with the batting gloves. I see he's got a hit tonight, so that's good. Maybe he's turning things around. But I'm still a big believer in Kyle Tucker. No surprise there. I've always liked him. But even if you look at some of the the numbers, he's getting really snake bit on in terms of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the batting average and balls in play. Stackhouse has his expected uh, batting average at 287. And he's hitting yeah, under 150, and so he is just he is getting snake bit, and that's tough for him. Uh, I, I think things will start to fall for it. That's just how it goes to begin the season when uh, you don't have a big sample size, and it's really frustrating because if this happens in June, people aren't talking about it as much because your batting average is still fine, but it's happening in April, and so everyone looks at the batting average and goes, "Uh oh, is Kyle Tucker a one-year wonder?" Well, no, I think that the numbers. Uh, the peripheral support that he is still putting up kind of the same type of approach. He's still hitting the ball relatively hard. And so balls will start to fall mm-hmm. for him. I think uh, he'll he'll get back to normal here soon. And maybe it's this week. Is his strikeout rate the same too, yeah. basically? Like uh, his strikeout rate is... I mean, it's, a, it's higher than it's, it was last better. year. Well, it's higher. It's higher, yeah. But it's still middle of the road. It, his and strikeout rate is like... 23% compared to 15% okay. last year. So it's actually a pretty big... Okay jump so up i'm wondering is he getting like more breaking stuff like uh, there's got to be something he's also I walking more. The, i mean I, he's, he's only he, he only has three hits on the fastball this year okay. which he usually crushes right. yeah he hit fastballs really, 321 really last year i don't you know what that sounds like to me it sounds like it's just a timing thing yeah that's really all it is if it's if i mean if yeah, he's not I think doing well against fastballs it's 100 yeah. percent. i didn't get enough time in spring training see enough pitches and i think it's just timing it's yeah, he's gonna figure it out Literally, I think that's like the only reason I'd be um, saying that he's even struggling right now is because it's one of those situations where short and spring. Maybe he's a guy that just didn't couldn't catch up. There's yeah, guys who maybe, need more time yeah. to warm up, and there's absolutely. guys who don't. Absolutely. And Kyle Tucker. Well, and the other yeah, with... thing is they played less. Like all this, a lot of the starters and like in general, <clears throat> position players, they didn't play as much as they usually do because it was a mm-hmm. short and spring. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point, Robert, about the, the it, asking about the fastballs because I didn't even notice that he's hitting 100 on fastballs mm-hmm. this year, but he hit 321 against them last year, and he's actually hitting 250 against breaking balls. So it's it's got to be right. a timing thing. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. Thing. So that that would suggest that he'll figure it out and it'll come together. I'm buying he's going to be back to somewhat similar to what he was last year. Totally. Mm-hmm. I'm buying. And I would guess the two home runs that he had. Let's see, he had one on the fastball, one on so, the breaking ball. Yeah, one off the breaking yeah. ball. Yeah. But. Good point. All right, uh, Robert, what's your second guy? Ty France. I liked him last year. I really, really like him this year. He is figuring it all out. I talk about this all the time. The home runs will come to you if you make good contact and have a solid approach. The home runs are coming. It's scary to see what he's doing. He's an all-fields approach guy. He's got – he doesn't strike out often. He can walk here and there. He does everything right. We know his defense isn't that great uh, over his career – but this is a guy that just knows how to hit. I mean, you pitch away, he stays with it. You pitch inside, he pulls it for home runs. He can hit it the other way for a home run as well. Not as not as often. I mean, I would say he's more of a pull hitter still. And this is just a guy that just so valuable to a Seattle team where Julio Rodriguez isn't starting out, out of the gate very well. They don't have Kyle Lewis. He's one of their best players. And, of course, we know about Mitch Hanniger's health. He's already been hurt 
already this year. Well, even so, I think Jesse Branch Winker has been, has been terrible. Kellenic has been yes. terrible. Yes. Yeah. And we know, and we'll get into your other guy. J-Rod hasn't been able to hit yet. J.P. Yeah. Crawford. But I just think I think Ty France is absolutely legit. I don't care what the analytics say. His analytics weren't that good last year. He still did it. He's an approach guy. I think he's legit. Yeah, I like Ty France a lot. Yeah. I mean, he he is definitely your ball player. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's like a three hundred hitter, uh, oh, Tim Anderson yeah. type, or just hits the ball to yes. all fields. Not like a ton of power, yeah. but some power. I mean, he, I like it more than Tim Anderson. For which the is stick. it's funny. I mean, when I saw yeah, Ty France oh, yeah. last year, I was like, "This is the most Robert player I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of us were kind of surprised. I when they because he was for the Padres when they traded him. Totally, totally different player for for. They didn't even give him a for, shot. For, I know Nola was in the trade. Even oh, I think I think guy. I found that 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 Andres Munoz was also in that deal oh, for the. Oh my for the gosh, Seattle, for that's Seattle, crazy. but. Uh, I, I saw an interest that, that he's hitting 300 since he got traded from the Padres. Wow. Well, what? And that's kind of, I mean, the, obviously the Padres have infield depth like crazy, but. Didn't Ty Francis have not minors numbers? There a lot of power. It was. They, were, it was they like, weren't as what, good. I thought one season he had 27 homers. It was like triple A or double A. And everyone thought he was going to be a big bopper. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't expecting what he. What he I mean? What he yeah. turned oh, into? But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think up, everyone was like, he's a, he's a fun guy to watch. Not much else. Yeah. He's completely he changed his approach. Yes. And like yeah. I said, he might not be the best. Like, maybe the home runs are just happening now, and he might finish with, like, 15, 18 home runs. You know, like Michael Brantley, for example. Mike Blaney's not going to hit a lot of home runs. Maybe he hits 12 home runs. Maybe France hits 12 home runs. But the fact mm-hmm. is, he has home run ability. It's just a matter of, is he getting his pitches middle in where he can crush it, or is he getting the pitches off the plate where that's why he's smoking <clears> it the other way because he's an all-fields approach guy. For sure. It's that simple. 459 on Yeah, Mariners yeah. have needed him. Their guys need to pick it up, especially Winker. I mean, he's hitting like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least he's getting out base. True. He's walking know, a lot. I think he leads the league yeah. in walks. Walk off I wouldn't be surprised. So, Nick, give us your last guy, and then our last round will have to kind of go quick. So, quick digest. Sure. All right. My last guy is Trevor Story. I wasn't big on him when he was coming over to Boston just because of what, he's, what he did last year um, and kind of the down downward spike he's kind of been in but this year i mean he's not making good contact he, he's got the lowest contact rate of his career he's striking out more than he usually does um he's not walking as much as he normally does so to me it's 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 i don't know if it's it's we always talk about the east always having some sort of play on people um but he just hasn't performed he hasn't put up like he should have that's a good lineup to be in you'd think he'd have protection he'd think you'd think he'd be able to get some pitches and handle them but he's just not hitting anything well i mean what were the numbers on his his hit the fastball i don't think he's hitting it as well as he has in the past um you think it's a timing thing with him robert i would say yes yep if you're yeah, if, especially just, if you're talking fastball i, mean, I know we're talking about a guy who's the late spring for him he didn't we know have he's a, not good about he's not good about breaking balls yeah ever but i mean career. like I, to the, I'm I, mean, about I mean him, even though. talk i mean going off i think going off the timing thing even looking at kyle tucker i mean he was still hitting the ball hard and he still had a he was still making solid contact whereas Trevor Story isn't making like any. But contact. we're also comparing a guy who is going to a completely different organization, a completely different league. So this is yeah, but I mean, still, I mean, there's still well. got to be a way for him to do something. And, I mean, it's I don't know. it's still incredibly early. I'm, I'm not to ready, me. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not high on, high on Trevor that. Story. I think I'm we all Robert was the biggest one on him, and we I know were kinda... I know you guys never really yeah. were big on Trevor Story, which I'm not surprised. But what I'm saying is. I think it is very possible it's a timing thing. I don't think it's as obvious probably with Kyle Tucker because or saying that it's equal to Kyle Tucker because Kyle Tucker, like you guys are saying, he's mm-hmm. hitting the ball really hard. I doubt Story is. 
But what I'm saying nope, is Story is finally getting a shot to hit, like, say, leadoff. I saw him leading off in the Rays game. Don't know if it's going to stay consistent, but there's, there's going to be a time and a place where he's going to fit in. I just think it's a comfort thing, and I also think it could be somewhat of a timing thing. It's a whole new league, whole new division. <clears throat> yes, the American League East is the beast, but he's got to learn all sorts of new stuff. I just think it's mm -hmm. a lot of mental as well, too. I'm not concerned. I can see that, yeah. I'm not concerned. I don't think he puts up all the ridiculous home runs he did in court in Colorado. Maybe tough. But I still think he could hit 23 to 25 home runs a season. I believe in that. I, I'm just a little more worried about him just because of the Coors effect and his home road splits. And um, I, I do think part of it is the late. He obviously was signed late in spring, so he didn't even get the full short spring. Same with Carlos Correa. That's a guy we're not, we don't have on the list, but he's also in the same boat where – they were signed later and uh, have to learn a whole new team in two weeks. And then they also right. get to face a lot of live pitching. So I do think those guys will bounce back somewhat. But just the looking at Story's track record, it just makes me a little bit more hesitant to say he's going to be all the way back. But 2020 potential, sure. But last year, even though he was 2020, was not very good because of his defense. His on-base percentage wasn't amazing. And uh, – if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, sure, that's good. But if you're looking at it from a baseball team's perspective, uh, not super valuable, especially for the money they gave him, which is like mid twenty million or whatever. So. Well, I mean, the same could be said about Correa right now. <laughs> so. Correa. Yeah. No, totally. But I think Correa, Correa has the defense. But it's a guy that struggled against the slider horribly, as well as Story throughout their career. So I think they're probably just getting too many breaking balls, and they just haven't been timed up on the fastball yet. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right, let's do these our, our last guys pretty quickly here. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to remember who my last guy is. I know, me too. I had we had him written down, and <laughs> I got mine yeah, up. Nick, you go first. Um, I had him written down. So I gotta go look. <laughs> Uh, my last one is Trey Mancini. He's not a, I mean, not, not, he's not having absolutely atrocious. I mean, he's, he's kind of having a light Kyle Tucker kind of season. He's not hit, not getting the average of the on-base percentage that he normally has, um, but he's still making solid contact. Um, he's striking out about as normal as walking by normal. So everything seems about as normal. He's just not getting the numbers up. I think he's going to get it back up um, just for a team that, that needs anything and everything. Obviously not competing, but still a fan favorite, still – has put up numbers in the past only one home run this year even though he's like i said making contact hitting the ball hard all over the place um so i think for him he's going to get back up to that 270 range instead of this 230 220 that he's been struggling with and get on base a little bit more but yeah try trey mancini's for me is the one that's uh, to look at stepping up soon yeah i like trey mancini i mean the fact that he came back last year and put up a really decent season um I actually was pretty high on him this year because I think he's had more time to build up and that kind of thing. So yeah. I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, all right, my last guy, J.P. Crawford, was the uh, the Mariners. Um, he's been the other offensive force alongside Ty France. Uh, the dude has yeah. not struck out, and he has been walking a lot. I mean, he is leading the league in K percentage. His walk rate is 87th percentile. He doesn't chase. He is just... Uh, a uh, a big um, plate discipline guy. He's always been that way in the minor leagues, right? Like he's he's always been an on base guy, mm -hmm. a glove first guy. But I think you're seeing these those tools come to fruition in, in terms of his batting average. Um, I do think he's getting a little bit lucky. 
um, with the batting average and balls in play. But that's going to happen when you put the ball in play as much as he does. I know, Robert, it, it reminded me a little bit of Tim Anderson, except for the with a way better walk rate. J.P. Crawford does not strike out, and his expected batting average is three forty five. so it's not like something is um, – there's no peripherals saying it's not going to last. He doesn't have power, so I think he's going to be a good yeah, batting average guy, good glove guy, good OBP guy. But I'm kind of buying in on him as like a really good contact hitter in a, a Mariners lineup that has quite a few of those. Swinker is supposed to be a contact hitter, but he hasn't really done that. Like he hit 300 last year, so I think uh, maybe those he'll come around, but – I'm buying in on Crawford a little bit. I, I like what his peripheral stats have showed last year and this year. Um, so there you go. All right, Robert, you f- uh, finish this off. All right. My last one is Kyle Wright, starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. You guys both know I absolutely thought he was going to be one of the biggest busts in a long time for the Braves, and he was looking like it. Then all of a sudden this year, every single pitch is working. It's moving. He's throwing inside the lefties, something that I absolutely love with authority with the fastball sinker. His velocity is up with the fastball. He's throwing like 96, 97 consistently. The guy is looking like a much better pitcher, looking like the high pedigree prospect that everyone thought he was. But like what I saw from him previously was nothing like this. So it's just a complete mind-blown change where I might have been right in the beginning, but long-term, I was wrong. And out of nowhere, he just became one of the best pitchers in the National League. His caper nine is outstanding. He is striking out everyone. The, the matchups he's getting, doesn't matter what lineup it is. This guy is legit this year if he stays with what he's doing with his game plan. Otherwise, if he goes back to the old way, he's going to falter. All right, guys. That's our uh, overrated, underrated players uh, on the uh, third week of the MLB season. Take them with a grain of salt because... There's only three weeks sample size, and things could completely change. I remember a few years ago we had uh, who was it? The shortstop for the Rays or Tim Beckham? Tim Beckham went off. Tim Beckham. He was when he going went off, off for yeah. three weeks, and he had that Japan series where he had like two home runs and a grand slam, and then uh, he just completely fell off, and now he's nowhere to be found. The Twins signed him. I wonder like how many uh, Twins have him. He's on the Twins. Uh, is he still with them middle- though? He might be with the Saints somewhere. I wonder how many middle, middle, and middle, middle in pitches he got. Probably plenty. That little run. Too good to be true is what that was. Uh, Former first overall pick just goes off out of nowhere. But all right. Well, we'll be back next week with another episode. Enjoy some baseball this week. Um, We're here every week. We're at the Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio. We're at social. uh, We're on social media at Stitches Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Our email is thesisterspodcast at gmail.com. All right, we'll talk to you all later. Take care.